0: Hi everyone, before we get started on today's episode, we'd just like to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Hair by Escandalo and The Other Side are sister businesses that work together to provide everything from awesome haircuts and colors to waxing services, facials, makeup, lash extensions, and nails. The salon offers a wide array of talented specialty stylists and offers virtual consultations before your color appointments to ensure you get what you're expecting. The other side is a boutique, spa, and clothing store featuring jewelry from different artists all over the country and curated upcycled fashion. None of their services or clothing are gendered, so everyone can feel safe and included from start to finish. Want an appointment? Visit their website, ascandalohair.com or on Instagram, at for the online booking link. 10% off your services if you mention But What Do We Know Podcasts. Thank you so much to Escandalo, and let's get on with today's episode. DMT will expand your mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome to But What Do We Know? podcast episode 139. My name is Marissa and I'm here today, tonight, wherever you are, with a special guest co-host. And it is the one and only Kalina. Hello. Hello. Um, Kalina, tell us all about yourself.
1: So I am from Ireland. I live in a place called Cork. Um technically it's not the capital but we like to call ourselves the real capital um I work for Pepsi um (gasps) yeah which is I suppose everyone knows um um, what else do I I love dogs um, and musicals and yeah that's that's me really I've I've no other
0: interesting life happenings at the moment just chilling those are all interesting to me (laughs) <laughs> you know, you've been like you've been with us for this from since the start, basically.
1: Yeah, it was actually, oh, uh, was it uh, Chris Kramer and the other girl that went missing? I think it was that that I like searched, or, or was it Lisa Lam or something? I searched some case anyway, and you mm. came up, and then I just started binging. So um,
0: yeah, that's how I found you. Yay! Do you know I've been to court? really I tell you this yeah oh. I still follow some this tea place that I went to there like was it by the airport I don't know it was I think it was Tara's tea room or something yes yes I passed that every morning going to work <laughs> yeah I still follow them I love that it. it was oh, so nice but yeah we so were funny. there for like two days yeah I know it's it's
1: nice like it's it's just everyone's really nice there and
0: it's so cute yes yes I'm sure really. everybody says that all the time
1: Yeah, we love we love Cork. Anyone from Cork will tell
0: you we love Cork. (laughs) So I did this with Louisa last or like well yeah, last week I think. Yeah. What time is it over there?
1: It is twenty five past six. Mm. I was laughing so much at when she was you were like, What's your bedtime? What's your bedtime? (laughs) My bedtime's like
0: nine (laughs) o'clock. Oh. Let me just tell you, last night uh Cliff and I were like, let's like sit out on the porch and have some drinks we'll stay up together 10 o'clock we're in our in our pajamas in bed yes literally
1: yeah yeah it's I'm just not suited for the late nights unless it's Mm -mm. like a wedding or something I cannot stay up late it's like no bed sleep housewives
0: yes (laughs) <laughs> well, I think also, too, if when you're a chronically sleepy person, you need to be prepared to stay up. Like, yes. I can't just willy nilly go out on the drop of a dime. I have to be ready. Exactly.
1: Yes. You have to be like pumped and prepped and mm-hmm. ready for old.
0: Yes. Yeah. I or else I'm out. I'm out. I'm a I'm a midnight girl. I'm a Cinderella kind of girl. If I'm not up, I don't stay up past midnight.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's kind of the rule of thumb for me as well, unless there's a special event. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rare, very rare you'd see me pass at midnight. <laughs> I love
0: that. It makes me feel better. Yes. About myself. <laughs> there's other people like me in the world. Yes. Yes. So what's what's going on? What's anything exciting happening? Uh well, we bought a house
1: um that's right so we're just waiting now so basically we have this thing called irish water and they have to go Mm -hmm. in and turn on the water so the house is done ready like built (gasps) everything and they're saying they can't come till september to
0: turn on water are you freaking kidding
1: yeah (laughs) so yeah that's that's fun um but look we'll know more next week i'm not stressing because
0: there's no point there's nothing we can do yeah
1: um but yeah that's kind of the only exciting thing really that's
0: huge but yes
1: it's it's all that we're focused on at the moment so there's like nothing else going on
0: <laughs> yeah and how are your you have just one puppy or two puppies yes or one
1: puppy well I have a dog like a family dog and then oh, okay, I have okay. my puppy puppy I can actually hear her I'm like she's going to try and bust in any second That's wild. um she's yeah she's a bousy as we call her oh a <laughs>
0: little puppy <laughs> but I she's love she's lovely she's so yeah, so houses—that's exciting.
1: Yeah, houses and puppies.
0: Houses and puppies. A dream. It is. <laughs> Do you? And you were? You just went to see Waitress today? Y- yesterday. Oh, yesterday.
1: It was, yeah, it was on yesterday, so I just came down this morning. Um, Gosh. but yeah, it was. Um, so backstory. In 2019, myself and my best friend—we love musicals—so mm-hmm. we flew to London, especially to see it because it was closing down. Around the same time it closed in America. Um, So we flew especially to see it and literally rounded the corner. I could see the theatre ahead of me. And I got an email being like, we are so sorry that we have to cancel this tonight's performance. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just started hysterically crying. And my friend was like, no, I don't accept this. Like ran down, started like giving abuse to the man at the door. And I was like, (laughs) no, 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 stop. I was like, this is not his fault. It's not his fault. But it was so annoying because they knew they had cancelled the matinee show. Like people were literally sitting down in their seats with all their bits and um, they cancelled it there and then. Um, And so they knew they were trying to fill the roles or whatever, but they couldn't oh get God. anyone to fill Jenna. So um, they cancelled it and we had to like run around the corner. We got to see The Lion King. It was amazing. But like we flew especially for a waitress. Yeah. So then we just like gave up on the dream that we were ever going to see it. It came out that, and, like, obviously they all had COVID because yeah. it was when COVID was starting. So, or was 2020 that we flew? Yeah, sorry, January 2020. Um, So then it came out that they were doing a tour and they were going to be coming to Dublin. So I was like, great, got tickets. Yes. That was fine. And it got rescheduled four times. My so God. when I walked in the door, I was like, I'm not accepting that I'm here until uh, the curtain lifts and it just yes, oh, like... Yeah. like Sugar, butter like like, (laughs) I'm
0: not accepting it
1: until this was happening. So yeah, it was um it was amazing. So amazing. It was like it's I love LeMiz and I love Jerevin Hansen and it's really up there with the two of them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so jealous. I don't know what I was gonna say. I went to Dublin like once. Yeah, it was nice. You kind
1: of, I suppose, when you're in Ireland, like if you live in Ireland, you either not love it or hate it. Cause like I love going up there, but I just could never live, like I'm such a homebird anyway. I just could never live away yeah. from my parents. But like my friend now, she's from, well, she's originally from Tipperary, moved to Cork. So like I've, I've known her for more than 10 years. Um, but she loves Dublin and she'll live there her whole life. So oh, wow. she loves the, the experience
0: of Dublin, but I just wouldn't like to live there. I like Cork yeah that's how I feel about New York City like I love to go Mm -hmm. there but by the time I leave at the end of the day I'm so tired yeah yeah there's so much going on I'm drained yeah 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 but I don't think is there's really nothing going on in the world right I mean there's a lot going on in the world but I don't think there's any like news or anything this week um yeah
1: I don't think so there's like we've Irish news bits, like but, like, nothing. Well, obviously, like it's major in Ireland, yeah, in certain places. But like we've nothing impacting the whole wide world, I suppose, like Ukraine or anything like that. I suppose. Oh yeah, we not
0: We just have all our regular shit here.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there was the shooting and. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah. Sad. That's
0: our our biggest thing. It was the shooting and the Johnny Depp trial. Oh yeah, Johnny. Yes. Yes. But other than that, I mean they're both well, I don't know. I was talking I am very frustrated with that trial. Mm. It's it's a weird one. Like I
1: I haven't really followed it like in depth, but like
0: I don't know. It's
1: It's a mess.
0: It is. And I I don't really know that we needed to see it all.
1: Yes, yeah, I think it could have been done away from Privately. the public eye because it because like
0: you're just going to fuel
1: opinions and like you're at risk of kind of tainting it and not tainting it. that's not the right word um I don't know what no, the I, word is
0: I think that's a I think them tainting it I think it's just it's hard to know that.
1: yeah no and nobody knows like you know there's his side her side and the truth so exactly who knows really I I don't really have a I, well i wouldn't say a major opinion on it anyway because like i just feel like i don't know enough about it to uh, win depth to it basically
0: yeah, no i i feel the exact same way yeah did you cry at all hey, this everyone. week Before so we... tell me why 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 do you cry tell me why 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 do you cry lord first
1: Virtual oh yeah, I, well I cried frequently, um, <laughs> I'm a very very, very emotional <laughs> person side is a boutique, um, spa, but, but a yes, I cried at waitress so like oh, oh, I was like, oh, oh, I, I actually think I'm going to cry as it up opens fashion. up, Um, but it, I didn't work and then, and then when she used to mine came on, I just was like weeping, like tears were like projectiling out of my eyes, I was like
0: who can you not with song? Yeah, so all three of us
1: were yeah, it was just amazing, so yeah
0: that's um scandalo and let's get on. <laughs> An amazing reason episode. to cry. Yeah. Did you cry? Mm, I didn't cry. I didn't cry this week. I don't know what's going on with me. Mm, I almost mm. I, I almost had a little nervous breakdown this morning. I'm not gonna I can't talk about it, but I told you why. Yes. It's yeah. some, a little wedding stitch I have going on. It's not bad. It's not like we're calling it it's just <laughs> But Cliff is I almost behind me. <laughs> he's leaving right now. No, no, the wedding is still very much happening. It's just um, some other extenuating circumstances that are yes. annoying. Stress,
1: yeah. More like yeah. you'd angry cry if you were going to cry.
0: I, I feel kind of almost guilty for not. I, Cliff had, well, Cliff had COVID. Well, he, oh, no. he had COVID, so it was our first COVID experience this week oh that's rough but I gotta say I think that have you had it yet
1: yeah I had it in January so I got it just after Christmas but I literally was sick for two days and that's how he is perfect yeah I was fine then thank god and my grandparents and everything like they're like mid 80s and they were all okay they all got it and that's good Thank god they were all fine that's good
0: yeah he was sick for like maybe two days and good. now he's good at He's fine, and I, knock on wood, did not get it.
1: You're one of the rare ones. You're like I, the ones that they're investigating, like.
0: See, <laughs> I, I think I'm a medical mystery.
1: Yeah, they're there. I think I don't know was it Ireland or around the world that they're doing. They're looking for people that didn't get it, so they can like study them. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: maybe I can get like a free trip out of it.
1: but I just like because my friend is the same and I was like maybe you could get some money for doing it because right? she slept in the same bed as her boyfriend like the whole time and never thought yeah. it so like yeah she's just amazing
0: Superpowers. maybe her and I can we'll link up and we'll go on a trip together yes <laughs> she doesn't even know me I'm like yeah we're going on vacation together <laughs> love it wow i guess we could start our topic cool if if you're ready i'm
1: ready I've all my notes here so i don't forget anything because they're like so the case that i'm doing there was two documentaries released last year so one of them was like a sky one um it was called murder in the cottage so that was like four parts and then there was a netflix one that was like five or six maybe so this really kind of came back up and everyone was discussing it and there's a lot of split views on who actually did it so oh that's
0: um, good
1: yeah it's it's just really interesting like it's um it's a very big case over here people you know it, it happened 20 how old am i 25 years ago and like people still talk about it really yeah yeah all right i'm ready lay it on me okay so have you ever heard of Sophie Tuscan de Plantier? Definitely no. not.
0: Okay, no. this,
1: this is going to blow your mind. Um, it. Okay, so she was originally from France. Like, she wasn't a native in Ireland, but she used to always come to Ireland when she was younger. So when she grew up, she bought a holiday home. So she bought a holiday home in this place called Goline, which is in a place called Skull, which is in West Cork. So, like... Okay. It's quite remote, like where her house was, it was very remote. So, like, you'd kind of go into Goline itself, and then you'd kind of go up like a dirt track. So, you'd come like her house it was like there was a gate at the end of the road, we'll say. Then there was like a joint driveway, and then it split in two. So, her house was on one side, and then her neighbors were on the other. So, like, okay. they had their own separate, like front driveways we'll say and then it all came down to like a shared one and then Mm -hmm. out onto the main road so um just before christmas in 1996 um her body was found she was 39 years old when she was found and to this day her murder remains unsolved like nobody's been convicted for it obviously there's been a lot of speculation as i said but it's still classed as unsolved so, as I said, she visited Ireland frequently as a teenager and she always said she had such a strong bond with Ireland. Um, so then she bought the holiday home in Ireland and she constantly came back. So she lived in Paris with her husband, Daniel. So he was a French fil- film producer um, and she bought the holiday home in 1993. So she had a son. This wasn't Daniel's son. She had a son from her first marriage called Pierre. Mm. First marriage called Pierre. Her son was called Pierre, not her marriage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she, he was always with her in Ireland as well. Um, So like people didn't really know her, like really, really well, but like they knew of her and I think they knew her by her maiden name, as far as I know, um, but ever, like, you know, if, he, if they saw her, like they knew that. OK, that was Sophie. That's the French woman, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, So she arrived in Ireland alone on the 20th of December in 1996. And then she had planned to return back to Paris after Christmas. So she wanted to spend Christmas in Ireland. Um, She tried to get a couple of people to go with her. But because it was so last minute um, and it was Christmas time, nobody could yeah, fly with her. Wow. So I'm like, I, I, there's not like an exact reason why her son wasn't with her but people kind of just presume that he was with his father and she didn't have time with him over christmas so yeah maybe that's why she was going to ireland so anyway she like she didn't mind she'd kind of gone there a couple of times on her own anyway so she flew in and um she was planning obviously to return back after christmas but on the morning of december 23rd her body was found by her neighbor shirley foster so, as I said, both houses were in the driveway and then they split into separate houses. So Shirley had come down to go to the shops. She'd driven down and when she first saw her, she thought it was like a doll or like a mannequin because she was dressed in like she had like long bottoms on and like a white kind of nightgown. And then she had like boots over it. Um, and as she got closer, she realized it was a body. Um, so she'd been beaten to death there was kind of a couple of things around like they the guardy kind of so the guardy are like the police um mm-hmm. is there another word for police now that I'm missing in like a different country the cops no that's just yeah just the police yeah, yeah so we they, call them the, the guardy. I'm trying to think is there like any
0: other country that have a different no. name for them <laughs>
1: um <laughs> I
0: know I always think that I'm like um how many different things how can I sound as Non ignorant as possible.
1: Yes, exactly. Not that so.
0: not that you sound that way at all. But <laughs> I'm just <saying> for
1: myself, <laughs> I just like to, I want people to be included. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, like at the time, like no, to be fair, Ireland very rarely has like big huge crimes. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah. we don't have a lot of murder. If we do have murder, it's normally solved. Um, so this was kind of the first big thing that happened. In that time, so the Gardaí just weren't equipped to like deal with all the goings on. Yeah. So they kind of made a couple of mistakes, and they're like to this day they're still basically blamed for not taking all these other steps so that they could find like forensics and stuff like that that would link back to who killed her. So there was like a piece of bloodstained slate found nearby her, and then so slate is like like a tin rock. And then mm-hmm. there was, like, a big brick that was found. um, And then there was blood on the gate, like, into the shared driveway. And then her clothes were, like, caught on, like, barbed wire. Oh. um. So when her neighbour Shirley found her, um, she was actually unrecognisable. Oh so God. she was beaten so badly oh. that she, like, she knew it was Sophie. But yeah. she couldn't say for sure that it was her. Like, she couldn't formally identify her they had to I think they had to do it by her dental records or something um so yeah it was it was really bad it was it was awful like the you know the guards arrived to the scene and they were like what do we do like no nobody knew what to do so they called the state pathologist and he said oh I'm busy I can't come for a while so her body was left outside for 28 hours until he arrived
0: 28 hours
1: 28 hours just chilling like outside on the driveway like yeah just like now I know it was like a remote place but like anyone could have walked up like after the documentaries came out people were driving down there because her son still has the house there people were driving down just to to see it like you know if if you knew the area like I'd know where to go to find the house because I know Mm -hmm. it but like if you came over now and you were trying to find it you'd be like. Where in the and name of God know. is this? Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it, you know, people probably were just walking in and out as well while she was literally dead on the floor. Um. Yeah, it's it's awful, and it's also that you know she had to lie there for that long. Yeah. Like, you know that she wasn't kind of removed, and ugh, it's it's, it's awful.
0: With dignity.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. But look, as I said, like they didn't know what they were doing. They,
0: it was. Oh, it's no, it true though, you know, if they're not trained in that or experienced in that, you can't fault them for it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like, like if it happened now, I actually can't say that the same thing wouldn't happen again because yeah, we just don't have that. Like, we don't have a lot of crime, and like we have like small crimes or like a lot of people are getting stabbed these days. But like, nobody really killed and like that. Like, if if there is someone killed, they kind of. They act really quick. And like, I can't think of anything that's been unsolved the last couple of years, like a big, huge thing. They always end up kind of finding out who did it. Um, so she had lacerations, swelling of the brain, fractured skull and m- multiple blunt head injuries. And then her facial injuries were so severe that she was unrecognisable. Oh God! So on to the main suspect of this case. So his name was Ian Bailey he was seen as a blow-in to the community so like a blow-in to us is someone that didn't grow up in the place so it's okay. it's kind of funny in Ireland like Eve, like he came from England I think Manchester he was a journalist in Manchester um but like if I went down to live there even though I live in Cork I'd be seen as a blow-in okay. because I'm not from like the town or like you know it's, it's kind of like there's areas in Cork like little so suppose towns like is what we called them <laughs> I thought yeah. I moved everything out and it's like my mouse no. I'm like oh my god <laughs> he's, he's going to play a game <laughs> um so yeah so blowins like it's it's like even like little towns like I'm like so we're in like Douglas we'll say in Cork
0: mm-hmm. and then like
1: five minutes over the road is a place called Black Rock but like if you moved from Douglas to Black Rock you'd be seen as a blow-in even though it's like five minutes away so we're we're just kind of strange in our ways.
0: That's OK. I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he was seen as a blow-in. Now, like, obviously, unbeknownst to people, he was um, kind of running from things in his past. So, like, he had a couple of assault cases pressed against him in Manchester. So his name was actually Owen Bailey. And then he changed it to Ian Bailey when he moved over to Cork so like I I don't know when I was like Ian his middle name or something like that I know people kind of do that but um yeah once he moved um he changed his name so like everyone just found him really strange he moved over in 1991 and he lived with his partner her name was Jewels um and he actually lived with her like she stayed with him through it all they only broke up last year so oh my god when the netflix documentary came out at the end of it it said like she they'd broken up since and she'd given him to a march to like live in the house and then he had to leave Damn. um so yeah so they're suspicious. Mm, i'm like kind hmm, of suspicious um but i'm just making a conspiracy theory i'm like hmm, will she come out yeah. now and tell the truth um so yeah she lives or he lived with her for years like she's from there so he moved in with her. So, yeah, he was kind of known to the guardie because he had a number of assault cases against him, like from jewels. Like hmm. basically, he used to beat her when he was drunk and right. he beat her so badly one time that she ended up in the hospital. Wow! So he was known to them um, and like people around the place kind of knew him and they, they just all thought he was strange. Like they just kind of got weird vibes from him. Because, like, it's such a small place, like, you know, it, you just see people. And they all just kind of thought he was strange. He he was kind of, like, into poetry and writing and, like, he'd be, like, singing songs, like, and just a bit of a strange fish, as we'd say. Yes. Um. So the first red flag against him was how fast he actually, like, appeared on the scene. So he was in, so he worked for a paper called The Irish Examiner. Mm -hmm. yeah the Irish Examiner so that's just our local paper um well local like goes all around Ireland but there's kind of you'd have offices in all different places so anyway he worked for them as a journalist and he got the call from one of his higher up that there was a murder in West Cork and like you know you need to go down and investigate and report on it basically um so he called him at like half one quarter to two but then people around the place were saying that Ian Bailey had told them at like 12 that there was a murder and a French woman was murdered and there's other witnesses that said like he was like oh, I have crime scene like pictures um from like 11 in the morning so like it's just weird like you know if, if like he wasn't told by his boss like at that time how would he know how would he know and like he claims that like he didn't know her and that like they weren't friends and this that and the other thing mm. so like just suspicious and because it's so remote like you know it's not that you'd be passing down the road and you're saying oh jesus look there's brady's ambulance outside your house like you know like it's yes yeah it was just funny um so then the following day after the attack in West Cork, they do this thing called the Christmas Day. Well, in Cork in general, to be fair, like all around the beaches and stuff. But it's very big in West Cork. It's like a tradition. They do the Christmas Day swim, mm-hmm. so everyone goes in on Christmas Day, in their swimsuits, runs into the water, and some around. It's a big, huge thing. Um,
0: Wait, isn't it very cold?
1: Yes, or... freezing. Oh, yeah. Freezing. That's <laughs> the, that's kind of the point. Like
0: we do a thing like that around here, but we, they do it to like raise money, and they call it a polar plunge.
1: Yeah, yeah, where it's people like, just. Eat. It's similar, to be fair, like they like most people don't kind of do charity bits for it, but some yeah. people will, you know, they'll they'll kind of go in. Um. So he was obviously at that, like walking around and there's like video footage of him there. And like it's so strange because he's wearing like big, long black gloves and he's wearing like a fedora hat. So that's covering his forehead. But people, all I'm going to say is, of course, he's wearing a fedora.
0: Yeah. Like of course he, he would be. I don't know this guy, but like I can imagine he would be.
1: I'm gonna send you a picture after. Like you're gonna be like,
0: oh my god! Like
1: he he's yeah. like socks and sandals. Like no no judgment mm. on anyone that wears socks and sandals, but like
0: but, mm,
1: a bit. um <laughs> it's like unsubscribe um <laughs> yeah, immediately me that wears like Birkenstocks, so you know I'm not one to be judging, but um anyway, um so yeah, he was wearing them, but people had seen him like kind of in the days after the 23rd. So I like during the day of the 24th, people saw him and he had like scratches up his arms and he had like mm. a scratch across his forehead. Um, and he claimed first that he got the scratches from cutting down a Christmas tree which is bull um because also like we don't like you know we don't have christmas trees in ireland like obviously we do like but you know then you don't go off cutting down your own christmas tree two days before christmas um so that was a lie and then he changed it to like he was slaughtering a turkey or something like that and the turkey kicked and scratched him in his forehead and like in i don't know was it netflix or the sky documentary but they came out like they got onto like a turkey farmer or someone that like you know deals with turkeys and um he was like those wounds are not consistent
0: i love that that guy probably never thought that he would be in a documentary about a murder in his life like he's like i'm a a turkey farmer
1: literally this is great But it's so funny in the Netflix documentary, because like people, I'm sure like we're weak for ourselves. Like we're like they're on Netflix. So like they're pure famous. And like the um the detective, he's so funny, like he's such a thick country accent. And it's just so funny to watch. It's like, oh, it's it's so strange. Like we're we're from Ireland. We're normally not on these things. So, yeah. um yeah, it was just like it was actually very good. It was I think anyone that watched the Sky documentary really thought he did it and people that watched the Netflix one thought he didn't or vice versa there's I watched uh-huh. both of them so I have okay. like I'll give my opinion at the end anyway but yeah yeah it was kind of split like a lot of people were very there was a lot of debating going on about who did it and who who like theories is that like everyone kind of came out with random theories yeah. um so yeah so he had all those cuts on him um yeah so people confirmed that they had seen him before Sophie died and he had none of these lacerations on him so like Mm. that was just a huge red flag and the fact then that he came to the Christmas day swim with the fedora and the glove like whatever about a hat because like people are kind of funky in Skull anyway like they're just cool like they're they just have cool vibes so like yeah I can understand the fedora but like these big black like leather gloves like and a big like long trench coat like like all covered up it's. it's a little it's just, odd. Yeah, it's just suspicious. Like it, it just raises for me. That's a huge like red flag. Yes. Um. So then, kind of the second thing was, um, he kept changing his story. So Ian and his partner Jules they changed their stories kind of multiple times about his whereabouts. So when they were first interviewed, she said like, "No, we were in bed the whole time together that whole night. He didn't go anywhere." um and then after a while she retracted that she changed her story and she said that he got out of bed at 10 p.m and didn't return till 9 a.m the following morning and then Mm -hmm. he came back with all the scratches so he didn't go with the scratches he came
0: back with the scratches interesting
1: yeah um and he claims he was so first he just got up to go downstairs because he couldn't sleep then they had this like um and they actually interviewed him in this thing it was like a, a i don't want to say outhouse because that's not the right thing but it was kind of like a room out the back of the house like it was separate from the house
0: oh like a sunroom almost or something like that
1: like a, like a shed actually like a converted oh, shed okay, 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 and he used to like write inside there like he did all his articles so he claims that he was outside there then and um writing articles until four o'clock in the morning but
0: mm.
1: why didn't you say that in the first place if that was the case
0: so like yeah, what, it, what like you just have extreme paper cuts all over the yes, place when like, you're writing. No, it's just highly suspect, highly mm-hmm. highly suspect.
1: Um, and then like he, he was after burning stuff in his backyard, garden. so like they went and like searched around the premises, and there was like a load of stuff burnt. Like it was kind of mainly a mattress, but like it was just stuff all around it as well, like bits of clothing. And did they match a button? I think they matched like a button to the coat. He was after burning like one of his coats or something. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was just strange like and um Jules's daughter, her friend came to stay um for Christmas and she said like she went for a shower and she came out and there was like a big huge bucket with like clothes inside, like soaking in <gasps> in the bathroom. Oh. So like, just really strange, like That's really, really weird. weird stuff. Um. So yeah, and then he, there was a number of witnesses came forward saying that he had confessed to the murder. Oh my god! So like, yeah, so like there was a young fella. Now I think uh, he was like fourteen, and he said that Ian told him that he bashed her head in with a brick or something. Now. Nobody kind of, be- not that they didn't believe it, but like that was kind of wasn't really taken at face value. Like they thought he was just yeah. kind of, a 14 you know, year old. Exactly.
0: 14. Yeah. But there was I'm...
1: another local out with his wife and um, he said that he was talking to him about the killing and he said, I did it. I went too far. And then like it's like, ah, it's just a joke. Lol. Like I would
0: never joke about that.
1: Yeah, and, like, I think people are like, oh, but why would he say it if he did it? And I'm like, I just feel like he had to get it off his chest and then Mm -hmm. played it off as a joke. But, like, kind of released it all out, I suppose.
0: Yeah, Um, I think if you're impulsive enough to kill someone, you mm -hmm. probably are impulsive enough to say something wrong.
1: Exactly. And, like, he kept saying, like, no, no, I didn't know her. I didn't know her. I only knew her as, like, the French woman. But then her neighbour was like, no, like, he was up I think he was helping him, the neighbor with the gardening or something, and he was introduced to her, so like mm. it's just it, he's a bit suspect, like, and he seems yes. to just love the limelight of of course, like everyone suspecting him, like he just loved the attention, and like he'd be writing like articles about her love her multiple lovers, and like all this stuff, like to try mm. and take the heat away from him um so because like her husband was suspected for a little bit they were kind of saying like did he order a hitman over to ireland to kill her but like everyone was like if you ordered a hitman you wouldn't have had to take a brick off the floor or the gate and like whack her you'd have like you know a
0: gun or a whatever hitman it would be much more professional
1: exactly i imagine Exactly. Like, you know, I can't imagine he would go without any weapon and just yes. say, oh, I'll just use something that's there. Like, you know, yeah. that was kind of a big red flag. Um, so that that was dropped. Like they they kind of didn't look into that for very long. And uh, I think her husband died a couple of years later after a, of a heart attack. So like he but it, he was suspected because he never flew over when she died. Like he mm. you know, like you would think that someone yeah. would kind of come straight over. But he didn't don't know why don't know what the kind of background was on it but like sending over a hitman seems a bit far-fetched
0: a little bit and you know we always talk about how like you don't know how people grieve I mean it's strange that he didn't fly over there but
1: yes yes
0: you never know you never know how he copes with things
1: exactly so then there was another key person in this case called Mary Farrell so she lived in Skull her whole life. I think her whole life. But anyway, she was kind of like settled there with her husband and children, all that. Um. So there was a, in 1997, there was an anonymous tip from like a payphone that she, there was like a man on the bridge near Sophie's house at three o'clock in the morning. Um, And then... They asked her to come in for a statement. I'm like, she was like, no, 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 I can't. And then she rang again from her house phone and was like, yeah, look, I can't come in for a statement. I wasn't with my husband. I was with another man. Um, So, like, sorry, I can't come in. But they traced the phone back. So they were like, OK, we know who it is. So they went directly to her. Um, So she said, like, I just I'm not willing to give evidence publicly because I wasn't with my husband. Um, yeah. But she ended up identifying Ian Bailey as the man on the bridge but then she retracted it because she said that he was threatening her uh, with legal action and he was like basically like she was working in a shop and she'd look out the window and he'd be outside like so oh like intimidating her um so she retracted the statement then and said like no 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 I, I I can't be sure that it was him I just saw like a figure and like it was late and yeah so she put that back and they couldn't use it then you know because she Retracted it. retracted it um but I actually think they I think they cross-examined her then in like 2015 and like I think he brought a case up against them or something like that and she had to like go in for it again and like they were seeing if she committed perjury and all this so I think since she's moved out of school um but yeah it was people then were kind of speculating was it her that did something was it the person she was with yeah. like that was kind of toyed with but again kind of forgotten like it's just kind of like oh this person was a sus- a potential suspect but mm-hmm. everyone was just so focused on Ian Bailey the whole time so yeah so he was never actually convicted in Ireland like they just didn't have enough evidence as I said the guards like they lost the gate so they took the gate away with the blood on it and like they were trying to retest for DNA and they were like the gate's missing <sighs> and everyone's like how do you lose a gate a like a gate it's not a small gate, like so, like you know, in Ireland, like the big farm gates, like the big long uh-huh. ones. It was one of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you just lose that? It's like, oh, John had that. Like, oh, John, where'd you put it? Oh, can't remember. Like, you remember where? The gate, but like, it. obviously, they put it somewhere. Like, and they just lost. It. Like, yeah. crazy, crazy. So they just didn't have enough evidence to convict him. So he just, you know, kind of never got away with it. But the like the media in France like went crazy and like. Basically, they wanted France wanted to bring him over t- to put him on trial, and he refused to come over. But in France, you can like go on trial in absentia, so he went on trial like in absentia, and um, they convicted him of murder in May twenty nineteen. Wow. So they wanted to get him extradited over to France, but the like. Minister for whatever oh foreign affairs, I'd say. Um, he was like, no, 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 we're not extraditing him, and they just left him. And um, so, like, I think it's if he ever leaves the country, he can be he can be like extradited, extradited over there, and he can go. But other than that, like, he's just like living in Ireland. Like, he's he lives in Skull to this day and sees himself as a local celebrity. And like, as I said, he himself and Jules broke up, and um. He set up, like, social media for the first time after the Netflix stuff. And um, he set up an Instagram and a Facebook. And he said he was, like, inundated with messages, especially from big-breasted women.
0: Oh, my God. Like,
1: Get vom, over it. Vom. Like, and, like, he frequently comes up on, do you know, like, on Facebook, it's, like, people you may know. Yep. He frequently comes up on my people you may know. Really? It is. So yeah, she he frequently comes up. My people you may know it's so funny. And like literally you go down there and I think he wrote a book or something, like a poetry book. And it's like, oh, if you buy my poetry book, I'll take a picture with you. Like, what? yeah, like prompt, how like, awkward. I know. And he'd be like at the skull market and like singing songs like that on like just chilling. Like it's it is crazy like if he they were like obviously he's like oh well like my whole life was ruined and like look if he didn't do it then like yes his whole like 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 he can't get a job like you you know but like I don't know like I just think him leaving in the middle of the night coming back with the scratches on him and lying a couple of times and the admissions I just think it's a lot like it's 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 kind of yeah it's like how like what do you ex- like how do you explain that all the way how do you explain away all the lies and like um yeah it's just i have a very hard time believing that he didn't do
0: it so question for you when you say um in like in France so he wasn't present yeah for so that trial
1: yeah they like so like you know if you graduate from college and you're not there they say like they call out your name and they say in absentia, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like the same thing. Like, so he was,
0: like, they did yeah. the whole
1: trial. He just wasn't there. And then they were like, yeah, he's convicted of murder. They, they have
0: yeah. laws to do that. Yeah, that's like so. Any you, so like technically, if one of us murdered someone in France, yeah,
1: or you we're can, suspected yeah.
0: of it, we can get arrested in France and not even be a part of the trial, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's wow.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. And like, there's it's this is kind of like a creepy kind of part of it. So, the like just before she died, so that like the night before she died, she went to visit the ruins in Dunlock at Three Mm. Castles Head. So, she had visited her friend's house straight after she went there and she was kind of shook and she was telling them that like she'd saw a woman in a white shape and it looked like a ghost and like she got such a fright and her friend was really scared because it sounded like um she had seen the lady of the lake yeah this is like a kind of a proverb I suppose like like kind of like a a myth that like if you see the lady of the lake um you have like you know death is coming basically oh yeah so like you will die in the hours that follow, and then like so. She saw the, the lady of the lake. She saw the lady of the lake, and that night she was killed. Oh. Scary, so scary. That that freaks me out. Like I I remember watching the documentary and like goosebumps. Like it was. I it just was can't so
0: imagine. Scary. Like oh my god, if I saw that, I would freak out.
1: Yes. Yes. So um is that all my notes I think that's like there's so much to it like literally yeah if I, like I was pulling from like you know kind of stuff online and like all what I remember from the documentaries. so like there's just so much if I sat down and watched the documentaries I probably would have like 20 pages um again but it's yeah it's like it's really sad like you know you see her parents on the documentary and they're like crying and like her son, like, he, he's really fighting to kind of get justice, like, and...
0: but So what do you think happened to her? You think that he did it? I, I think... Ian so Owen... I... I think that he went to her house like that. so she
1: was oh sorry yeah she was actually in the pub that night so like she'd gone to the local pub and like he had asked her to come back the following day for the Christmas Eve party she was like yeah (laughs) see you then um I think she kind of met him in the pub or met him maybe on the way home brought him back to her house because like there was still like a glass of wine on her table um and I think she went to like walk him out and then he just got like a fit of rage and just bashed her head in and killed her and then just ran
0: wow yeah yeah it's just another one where men can't accept yes any kind of rejection yes exactly
1: exactly it's um it's crazy so yeah it's um kind of like you know it kind of brought it all up again when those documentaries came out but it's gone quiet again now you know like i i really don't think it's ever unless he admits it like i don't think it's ever going to be solved
0: wow now what are the documentaries called?
1: So what the the one on Sky is um Murder at the Cottage.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: And I oh that's the Netflix series. I'd say if you just googled like Sophie and Netflix, yeah. um, I don't know, like is it on the um would it be on the American Netflix but um Maybe
0: not.
1: It, I, I, I don't know, what was it called anything specific or was it just called like Sophie or something? Yeah, um,
0: I'll look it up. And maybe yeah. if it's, I'll, I can add a link or something to it on here. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, it was it was so good. Like it was, it was really well done. Both of them were really well done. Um, and, But like you could see kind of like one of them leaning more towards him. Yeah. Kind of like, so like one of them painted a really bad. I think it was the murder of the cottage one like, he was really drunk in it, like, in all his interviews, Mm -hmm. and then, like, the family were barely interviewed in another one, so, yeah, it was kind of, they were both very different, but I think they both brought, like, a lot of facts together, and it gives, like, one good picture watching the both of them.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of documentaries about crime are so one-sided, because, like, there's certain things where you have the family, the family so involved, like, I don't know if you guys have that um, the documentary about the, I forget what it's called, but with the guy who was sleepwalking. Well, he said he was oh, sleepwalking. Oh, is it? I
1: no.
0: think so, yeah. Maybe? No, I forget that what it's sleepwalking.
1: called. Um, oh my god, I know what you're talking about.
0: <gasps> but like, they, his family was very involved and her family, I guess, was not really consulted for it. So it's yes. like, people are very unhappy with that way that that documentary was i think it just anyway people are going to be unhappy about it yeah
1: no i watched that definitely i just can't remember
0: yeah i forget what it was called it's something i don't know but it was very good whatever it was called yeah so
1: yeah yeah, that's that's all my facts are that's i'm very interested to hear what other people think
0: yeah i it sounds pretty it sounds pretty much like he did it and i'm yeah shocked that he's still just walking around
1: yeah i've seen him down there like i've literally like i've been there and i've seen him it's so wait did you meet him i didn't meet him i didn't go like near him but like i've seen him like i've oh it's just it's it's like i don't know it's so strange like it's like looking over and you're just like holy crap i can't wait to see a
0: picture of this
1: this yes i'm gonna send him on
0: straight away i have a very (laughs) distinct image in my head of what he looks like
1: Yes, I'm going to send it straight on once for all. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for sharing thank you for having me. This. It's so cute. Oh good. my God, of course. <laughs> I, think, I think we have time. I'm going to just, I'll probably throw in my little topic too. Do. So I did a little, I did a little history mystery this week. Ooh. I found it on, well, I was sent it on TikTok, of course, because everything cool. in my life is on TikTok. So... I'm gonna talk about Anjikuni Lake. Have you ever heard about it b- before, Anjikuni Lake? No, I haven't either. And I am saying it right because I looked it up. You know those creepy websites where they're like they say it for you. Yes. And it's like always a very person, a person very close to their microphone. But yeah, so Anjikuni, it's a little, it's a mystery, but it's kind of disappointing not to like. Spoil it, But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I hate that's the worst part about doing these is when you do like a, a mystical one and it's not always what it what it think you think it is. Oh, no. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> it is good. It's a really good one. I like I thought I liked researching it a lot, um, but it's a short one. So oh. Andracony Lake. Now, there's a lot of words in here that I'm going to mispronounce.
1: That's and fine. it's an
0: area that I'm not totally familiar with. So it's a lake in. Kivalic the Kavalik region of Nunavut, Canada.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh it's one of several lakes located along the Kazan River in and Enadai Lake is to the south, and Yathaked Lake is to the north. So it's all kind of a remote ish region in North Canada. And oh. uh, Lake Anjikuni is pretty inhospitable. Mm-hmm. It's like as you can imagine, covered with snow and ice yeah. for half the year. And there's waterways and there's, well, the lake forms waterways and that sustains the local Inuit settlements and villagers who lived there and lived there um, through fishing and trade. The village, the this story takes place in 1930. And so quite a bit ago, but the village always welcomed fur trappers back then, so they passed through quite often. It was not unusual. And on one very cold day in November of 1930, a Canadian fur trapper named Joe LaBelle, who was pretty well known in the village of the, in the village on the lake, on Lake Anjikuni, uh, the Inuit settlement in that area. So they all knew him. He knew them. He was traveling near Anchikuni Lake in the Northwest Territory, which is now part of the modern Nunavut Territory. So Joe went into the village and he expected to be greeted by all the villagers. And from what he said and from what the original source of the story said, the, the village consisted of about 25 people and around six tents or huts. I'm not totally sure what they looked like or how you would describe them, but I read tents and huts. So it was relatively small, but when he got into the village, there it was completely abandoned, completely deserted. None of the people were there. Um, the six tents that made up the settlement were completely abandoned and the 25 settlers were nowhere to be seen. So in the village, he found a lot of creepy, weird things. He found, like, meals that had been started and not eaten, and empty huts with food and, like, personal possessions, stuff that you would, like, take with you if you were traveling. Yeah. Um, and a fire still, like, going, like, still smoldering. Well, maybe not going, but, like, it had been going. Yeah. There were no animal tracks and no human tracks in the snow which creeps me out oh I'm creeped out I'm very creeped out I don't like (laughs) these stories this is the worst and (laughs) so there were he went in farther and he found seven sled dogs and they I know I know what I was bald. It's awful. They were sadly still tied to their posts, and they had all starved to
1: death. No.
0: poor puppies. Oh, no. Do you hear that? You're so loved. You weren't starved. They... She... It's a she. Your dog's a she, right?
1: Yes, yes. She's a devil. She could have been left. She could have been left
0: in the... in the snow. Yeah. Um but they had all starved and this was like crazy for the settlement. Cause like back then sled dogs were essential to the community. Like they were their form of transportation. Yeah. I'm sure probably in a sense also regarding the community as well. It would have been basically like, it would have been insane for them to leave them Yeah, and go anywhere. And also like their dogs, how would, why would you leave them? Yes, exactly. Tied totally. off. I've seen several different things in different articles about this next part. I've seen one human grave and multiple human graves, but I've, I've seen that this happened to just one grave more than the multiple, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so a human grave had recently been dug up on the property around the village. And this, the way that the graves were, they had like little stones encircling the grave, like oh, where the yeah. burial was. Mm-hmm. So the the grave had been dug up, but the stones were still there, like lined up. Ooh. So Joe Labelle's like, mm, not up. It's not an animal. Um. So probably it's a person. So like, what the fuck? <laughs> he books it out of there. He's very scared. Very creeped out. And he moves quickly to the nearest town and he sends a telegraph and to report his encounter to the Northwest Mounted Police mm-hmm. to launch an, an official investigation. They're um, now called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I guess. Oh, okay. They they did launch an investigation pretty quickly after, you know, LaBelle. I say pretty quickly, but I feel like in the 1930s quickly could be like a few days yeah yeah so like i don't know i just feel like everything moved a little bit slower than now (laughs) there was no tiktok (laughs) there's not tiktok they weren't just like "Mm, i'll be there in 20 minutes yeah (laughs) i'll facetime you yeah so they go there and they concluded that the inuit people had been missing for about eight weeks prior to joe labelle's arrival based on stuff happening and all the things in the in the settlement. Oh my god. But they never came up with an answer as to why they had just up and abandoned the loc their, their home. It remained kind of a mystery. So at the time the Royal Canadian the RCMP reported seeing mysterious lights in the sky over link, Lake Anjikuni. but it's the nor it was the northern lights. I think they just weren't educated oh. on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, So it was just it was just the northern lights. But at that time, it was like a huge thing. It was a little mysterious for them to see that. So it kind of added to the hype of this sto- weird story. Uh, so their investigation also took testimony from a an, another fur trapper named Armand Laurent and his two sons. Uh, They were questioned about the village and they said that around that time they had seen a large cylindrical object that transformed into a bullet in the sky before heading to Lake Anjikun. And that's all that's all you hear. That's the only weird thing that you hear from anyone else at that time. Any witnesses. Mm -hmm. So the earliest there's a couple different publications that talk about this story. Not a lot. Yeah. Uh the earliest invest the earliest recorded publication about Anjakuuni Lake is it's a citation in an article in 1976 and the citation is from 1930. And mm-hmm. it's a a newspaper article written by a, a man named Emmett E Kellerherb. In a newspaper called The Bee. And this was in Danville, Virginia. As the story went on and it was told, you know, to people as the years went forward, it became kind of like an urban legend, you could say. Yeah. And a lot of people immediately thought it was aliens. That was the big the big Ooh. story that they were abducted. They believed that the residents of the village were the unwitting victims of one of history's largest extraterrestrial abductions. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: So yeah, there were several books that talked about this. There is a book called Stranger Than Science. It was published in nineteen fifty-nine that told the story of this settlement. There was also a science fiction novel, Majestic, named Majestic. And then another horror novel named Phantoms and the world's greatest UFO mysteries has an even more detailed version as do like still numerous websites and books today. Um, but those are kind of the books that formed the like core storytelling of this story. However, Oh, and some of there's different versions of the story as well. Like the one that I'm telling is kind of like the compiled of all of these. Oh, okay. Um, but there there might be a way more logical and disappointing reason for this. I don't believe it. I it don't I think it's aliens.
1: Yeah, I really I, I really, really believe in aliens, like genuinely. Mm,
0: me too, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for them. Yeah. <laughs> a little <Definitely> bit. I'm <laughs> actually scared a little. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know I'm traumatized after seeing those movies, like all the alien
0: movies. They just ugh. Wait, have you seen the War of the Worlds movie with Tom Cruise? Is that the one where the it's the dog
1: barking outside and the toilet yes. is like, yes, yes, I remember seeing that when I was when I was younger. Yes, yeah, I definitely saw that one.
0: That movie, my brother, my older brother took my took me and my younger brother to see it when it mm-hmm. came out, and we went on vacation like very soon after, <laughs> and there were fireworks the <gasps> night I was passed out. In my little cot in the hotel room. And there were fireworks. And my older brother started making the noise. You know how the like things made that noise? Yes. And I I jumped so far up out of my sleep. I was like I was possessed. Oh, and ever no. since then I'm traumatized by that movie. And I blame <laughs> my brother. It's all his fault. <laughs> it's all his fault. And he like doesn't remember coincidentally.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like,
0: he'll <laughs> listen to this. I'll be like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I never did that. That wasn't me. That was That wasn't show. me. <laughs> it was Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I didn't do that. Um. So yeah. So aliens. So the article, this, like I said before, this was reported in newspapers and books and website, all kinds of things, a lot and the NWMP received a lot of inquiries regarding the story. Um, in January of 1931, a man named Sergeant Jane Nelson, he file he was sa- stationed in that area and he filed an internal report that was released to the public. And in the re- in the report, he said that he could find no foundation for this story. One of the biggest problems with the story was the man who reported it himself joe labelle he claimed to be a very seasoned fur trapper but if you pull any records on him he had never taken he hadn't taken out a hunting license before 1930 which was the year that he claimed all this happened so he wasn't Look, on, and from that perspective, he wasn't super familiar with that area and probably not a trained hunter to be in an area quite as remote as that. Yeah. Or know about it or know that there was a village there. So the journalist Kelleher, who wrote the first article, he was kind of an he was an exaggerator. I think the, his newspaper articles were a little less informative and more like a tabloid kind of okay and I think that was just his style of writing mm-hmm. and he, they, it was found that the pictures that he used in this article that he wrote were way older than when the article was published one of the photos was actually from 1909 oh my god so like decades before and he's like yeah this is it <laughs> oh stop the lights <laughs> a lot of the art at first they thought that the story originated from the book in 1959 stranger than science they're so like oh you know what people probably heard this in this book yeah until they found the article written in 1930 and they're like oh eh, no it's not the first place that was found the rcmp also stated that the area where that this village was supposed to be is almost inhabitable there would have been no way that a group of people could have thrived in a place like that. Um, it was such a remote area, and they had no record of any unusual activity in the area. my gosh. There's no, Joe LaBelle is a real person, uh, but there's no verification of him ever coming across a real village at all. And it is believed that the story is 100% a hoax. No, I was believing in the aliens. I was too. <laughs> and there's like a, there's a podcast. I don't know. I've never heard of it before, Um, but it's called Skeptoid. Yeah. I guess it's pretty big and they debunked this. He, he's like a writer who focuses on skepticism and science and they debunked the whole story.
1: Oh, we'll just pretend it was aliens and it was true. I think that's a good treat for us. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone else disregards everything that was just said. It was aliens. It was. But but isn't that like
0: a fun little story?
1: Yeah. Those things are always interesting, though. Like, they seem so real. And then it's like it's debunked and you're like, oh, I was believing that for a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's like I love that, too, because I have always liked, you know, I'm a big story fan. I'm sure you are as well. Like, I love the way that a story can change and it's like, you know, playing telephone where you yes. like or like whisper down the alley and then you you've heard a story once like he very well could have been like he could have gone and he's like, "Yeah, I think maybe there's like a village there, but I didn't see them." So, oh and then it turned God. into this whole thing. That's crazy. But I I know it was like a little confusing of a story, um, but no, I love it. It's it's cool. It's very I, I had never heard of it. It reminds yeah. me of the Dilatov Pass. Dil- yeah. Dilatov, kind of.
1: Yes, I know the one you're talking about. That's, yeah, It's th- those things are always interesting, though, because, you know, there there is so much, like, true crime and murder and this. And, like, those
0: ones are just kind of something to think about as well. Yeah, I think they're a little... It breaks up the... Not breaks up the mold, but it does, kind of. It's a little... It's yeah. creepy. It's like a a combination of everything weird. Yeah, exactly. Did you know they solved the... Di- deal? I always say it wrong. I can, yeah, I can like, see it written out, but I cannot pronounce it. They solved that with the movie Frozen. Really? It was something with the way that the, the animators designed the snow in Frozen. They tried to make it as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that it the way that the snow would move and flow and like whatever. And somehow they found out like, hold on. I got to look this up right now. This is crazy. I never saw this. Yeah. Fro- Frozen animation code helped engineer solve the 62 year old Russian cold case. Oh my gosh.
1: I'm going to Google that. I'm going to have
0: a, a yeah. read. <laughs> it's very, I I have, I'm not at all intelligent enough to describe this, but it's, so interesting the way that they did it, but it, yeah, it, they solved it with with Frozen of all the movies. Of all the movies, that is crazy. But yeah, so that's my little tidbit of a story.
1: Cool, I love it. This was like a perfect. This
0: actually worked out. I'm glad I had a little one. Yeah, it's just good good combinations. Well, Kleena, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. On here. Here. Is this Anna so nice? She is back July 11th. Oh, the baby is so Isn't he so cute?
1: cute. I can't cope. I want like, I wanna squeeze him. He is like first of all, he has the nicest skin I've ever seen. Like right. drop that routine. Um right. <laughs> like, so soft looking, so like perfect. Like there's literally like perfection.
0: He's, He's just, a little angel.
1: So cute.
0: A little angel I think I think that's all all we have today yeah. yeah it was
1: so nice being on it's something very different that I've never done so thank you for having it's, me like, it's quite an experience yeah it's it's cool uh, like it's cool to hear like different stories from different parts of the world I suppose I wish that I was was
0: Irish <laughs> I just want to let you know we
1: can adopt you. it's fine we're very welcoming i know everybody's really nice there yeah
0: you can get a passport very easy like (laughs) honestly anything's better than america so i love america
1: but um i think i'd be too anxiety ridden if i had to
0: live there full time well if you ever come you can stay with us anytime i definitely have to come soon because i need a shopping trip (laughs) yes all right well i think we'll wrap it up but thank you so much I have
1: a restless dog that's waiting for my attention.
0: She's <laughs> like, I need to go, mama.
1: Look, <laughs> oh, look at her little belly. I want to give it a smooch. I know, she's so cute. She's like a little
0: Dalmatian fur. I don't know where she got it. I love it. Well, it. I'm going to let you get to her, and I hope you have a wonderful evening. You too. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye, and I'll be talking to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bye bye. Bye. What do we done, What do we done? Why do we know, but why do we know But why do we know, but why-